she really encouraged us to be weird. I'd never had a dance teacher or brave enough to like be like, no, like be weird. Like if it's ugly, let it be ugly. I identify more with music than I do with dance as, as a whole. And I feel like it took me a long time to realize that about myself. I'm exhausted, I feel burnt out, you know, why am I even doing this? The money's not worth it, you know. It's, you have to separate yourself from your wants and your needs to, like you said, if you need, if you want to get somewhere, you have to do things consistently. I have a few different versions of myself that I, that I would like to eventually get to. Beyond the mirror, reflections of lives beyond the glass. Today we have our first guest, Genevieve Hernandez. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome to this new section. Thank Thanks you for you being for having me. Yeah, thank you for being the first guest. Yes, of course. So, can you just tell us a little bit about like what do you do and who you are? Mm-hmm. Just in a little simple words, like where did you grow up? How so, old are you? Currently, I am 22 years old. Uh, my birthday is coming up, the dreadful 23. We all age, I know, but it's, it's coming up quick, so I'm thinking about it. Um, I originally grew up in Spokane, Washington, and then moved to Idaho around the age of nine. And then from nine to 18, I um, grew up, went to high school and junior high and all of that in Idaho. So, Where did you start dancing? Um, I originally started dancing with Ballet Spokane at the time. It was a teeny tiny little company that um, I first took classes there because they were free because my mom was in the company. So it was much uh, more reasonable for her to be putting me in free ballet classes while she was in rehearsal than it was for me to, yeah, her to have to pay for me to be been watched by someone. So she just stuck me in dance classes. So that is good. Yes. How old were you? Um, I believe I was three when I first You're started. So super, super young. Yes, yeah. I, sometimes it's hard for me to believe, like when people say, "Oh, I started when I was three. It's like you barely remember what you were doing. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that's the thing when people are like, "So, how long have you been dancing?" Technically speaking, like my answer would be almost 20 years, but in actuality, like, when did you start taking dance seriously enough to consider a career? Mm-hmm. I would probably say around the age of 12 or 13. 12 or 13. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. I don't know what is relevant in, because I'm from Colombia, so I don't mm-hmm. know what is the grade compared to me. Mm-hmm. But like, I was in fourth or fifth year of ballet, yeah. where I was like, oh, I can do this as a career. Like, did you have that moment like that where you're like, I want to make this my life? Or because also you have your mom who also was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Do you have like that? How do you say? Uh, Oh, I forgot the word. Like pressure, or yes. did you have to be like your mom? Um, I. <laughs> that's a good question. I think about that quite a bit, actually. I don't think I. I never felt pressured to be a dancer or to take dance classes. I think it came really naturally to me. Um, I think it really influenced me being able to like not only see performances like a lot of people who don't have <laughs> parents or anything. Um, that were dancers. For me, I got the whole package. I got the experience of watching my mom perform on stage from the audience, but I also got the dress rehearsals. I got to be in the green the room. Backstage. I got to be backstage. I got to meet all of the other artists that they were working with. Um, I also got to like 
my mom would work daytime jobs, so like normal nine to five, and then after that she'd pick me up from school, and then we would go to the studio, and she would rehearse till like nine or ten every night. Wow. So I was sitting in the corner of a studio for, you know, however many hours that yes. is every evening, about five to six days a week. So it was kind of just natural for me, I think, to fall into it, and I kind of just fell in love with the community aspect of it and seeing the way my mom got to partner with her best friends and then like their friendship outside of the studio and then seeing it on stage as well. It was really cool. So that I think that's what made me like fall in love with it. But that is very, very exciting. Also, your mom sounded like she'd really sacrificed a lot. Um, yes, very much so. She was a single mom since I was a about three. So it was just me and her for the first like nine to ten years of my life, but um, the entire time that we lived in Spokane while she was dancing professionally there, working her nine to five and then rehearsing six days a week, it was just me and her. Wow. So, yeah, lots of uh, PB&Js, lots of <laughs> <laughs> little things like that, but I don't know. I don't think I would have wanted it any other way. So. No, no, but it props to her, you know, because sometimes I feel like that gets, like, how to say, little compared to other people, but it's like... If it wasn't for your mom, you wouldn't be here. Like no, exactly. You wouldn't be sharing all this art. And like, thank you for you for sacrificing all this time, too. Yeah. Uh, do you have like a person, like a dancer that you aspire to be? Or like somebody that you're like, oh, wow, I wish I could be like them or something, you know? I have an interesting story about that, actually. So growing up, I had a few different um, teachers like that. I never really... Um, idolized any professional dancers. There were some like Paloma Herrera, things like that, that I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is my end all be all. This yeah. is the goal. Um, but as I got older, I feel like I connected more with the people that were more consistently in my dance training life. So like my teachers, there today. Yeah. my teachers became really big inspiration for me. Um, Two of which, um, Adrienne Kerr, she's a professional dancer, principal dancer with Ballet Idaho. Okay. Um, she was a ballet teacher of mine and a jazz teacher of mine oh. growing up. And she just had a way with her, the way that she structured her classes and the way that she spoke to us inside and outside of class. That was very much like, if you want to do this, these are the things you need to do to accomplish mm -hmm. that. But was also very good at guiding us in that direction without being too, I don't want to use the word scary, but scary and overbearing Pushy. as some ballet teachers can be. So she was incredible in that aspect and like growing up getting to see her rehearse and company rehearsals and things like that was really inspiring as well. Um, one other teacher who really inspired me growing up, we had an interesting Thing where she was a contemporary teacher mm -hmm. and I got introduced to contemporary around the age of 13 I think 12 13 and I can without a doubt say that my introduction to her as a dancer has changed my life Who as an were. artist and as a dancer as a person in general like I can't even put into words like the way that she would teach classes and talk about like sharing of energy between people and like the audience and the performer just that perspective really changed how I dance and how I view dance so that is very exciting yeah for me contemporary and all these modern things have always scared me 
Really? Yes, like since I was a little kid, since I was in school, the first thing I have to take contemporary was like, no. Like, Why is that? I don't know. I was always afraid of it. Maybe mm-hmm. people will make fun of me because I was awkward or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time, I still wasn't really fully into ballet or like I didn't see this as my life. Mm-hmm. So when we went into contemporary, we have to do it. I felt like the most horrible person, like the most horrible dancer. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of starting to love it, but I still know like something that, oh, I want to do more. Or like, mm, I'd rather to stick more to like classical, whoops, ballet. It's but, the passion. <laughs> yes, it's the, it's, it's the intensity. No, I understand. I feel like I, like I remember being very intimidated at first because the only thing that you see initially when you're trying a new genre of dance specifically or in my experience has been like oh my god I just see like the best people in the room for Mm -hmm. some reason we compare ourselves automatically to the best of the room when in reality like a lot of these people have been doing this Forever. You know, one one genre of dance for many, many, many more years than I have. And so, or I had at the time. And so it was very, like, I had, I also had to get over that scary, like, hump of, like, oh my gosh, what if I embarrass myself? Or, like, the thought of being able to release my body. Because, as you know, in ballet, mm-hmm. everything is, like, pulled up, pulled up, pulled up, you know, center yourself, pull yourself into the ground, but also we're mainly well, yeah. up here. Whereas, like, in contemporary and modern, it was, like, my first experience being able to, like, have an undercurve or an overcurve with my body and, like, use my plie in different ways and all of these different things. And so I think because it was so foreign to me, I was scared of it. Mm -hmm. But that's why, I don't know, I think I had a really unique experience with this teacher. She just really, like was like, okay, like, we're going to turn the lights off. Everybody's just going to take five minutes at the end of class to improv on their own. No one's looking at you. Like, she created a very safe space for... That is very interesting. ...for exploration. Because she knew that most of us were bunheads from the beginning, so... That's crazy. That is another thing that I don't like, uh, improvisation. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified of improvisation like I remember when I was in the school and they would be like okay now 20 seconds of impro like do it I would be like blank (laughs) blank 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 like it was terrifying for me and like there was one I had this summer program in Connecticut. I didn't speak any English, nothing. And the the audition for it was like, okay, now that we did everything, you're going to have two minutes of improvisation. And then you see all these kids amazing doing everything. And I was in the middle of the room like this, completely frozen. <laughs> I had such a vivid moment of that. I'm like, oh, never again. <laughs> see, and that's like... Oh, I relate to that so much because there were um, there were a few summer dance camps. I never got the opportunity to go off to like any really big um, ballet dance co- camps just because it was a bit too expensive for me at the time, as you probably know. Yes. Um, but uh, there were a few co- like contemporary based dance camps that were like two weeks long that I would go to in the summertime. And the first year that I went, I think I was. 14 at the time, 14, 15, but very much still just getting into contemporary modern movement. And I remember the first day we get there, and of course it's all these comp dancers too. And so they like, they have the drama, they they have the tricks, they have the legs up, down, all over the place, you know. And so 
that was a similar thing where one of the teachers was like, okay, and we're going to improv, you know, for two minutes. And then after that, we're going to learn about contact improv and, you know, partnering with people. And the word improv scared me enough. And then to hear contact improv, I was like... Ugh. Oh my gosh, like freaking out as a 14 year old, you know, insecure, trying to gain confidence, yes. you know, putting myself out there. But I remember like th there were just so many different types of improvisation mm -hmm. that I got to witness during not only that first day, but those two weeks of camp that it really opened my eyes up to like what it means to improv and then just like dancing in general um like my teacher would always be like some people consider improvisation or certain d types of contemporary or modern as ugly and they don't see it the way that maybe uh, it could be perceived at but i think that's because sometimes we get so close-minded on oh. like hello the how lines. you doing yeah this is the big way yes exactly this is a pose. Mm -hmm. exactly and so she really encouraged us to be weird And like I had never like had that. a dancer, I had never had a dance teacher or a dancer brave enough to like be like, no, like be weird. Mm -hmm. Like if it's ugly, let it be ugly. Let it be ugly because that's just a part of the process. And like her learning that and then being able to release that, like, oh, I can be weird, like, or I can mess up and it can become a part of the choreography and stuff like that. It really changed the way that I viewed myself as a mover because you know we're really hard on ourselves especially growing up like so hard. and for the first however many years of my life doing ballet it was all about being perfect being lifted getting your technique a certain way you mm -hmm. know and of course you're comparing yourself to others around to you to the top of the class who have all the facilities in their bodies and, and everything mention maybe the money you and know maybe the money. Yes. <laughs> like there's and like when you're young you don't understand necessarily that there's politics that go into these things there's a lot of things there's a lot of things there's you know and maybe not even that but like if your parents can afford to buy you new point shoes every two weeks versus you needing to make your point shoes last two months mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not your fault like no, no, no. having dead shoes doesn't make you a bad dancer is ultimately what I learned yes no 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 yeah so it's just yeah it's hard to not to compare ourselves with everything and like right now we live in the age of social media where oh you can compare gosh, yourself yeah. to everything every 24 seconds like yeah. it's insane so it's kind of like how can you detach that but also make it part of you but without judging you mm -hmm. it's so it's so hard mm -hmm. and of course there's a lot of like for me anyways back and forth of like seeing incredible things on social media and whatnot mm -hmm. and being inspired, inspired by that but then at the same time and this is a part of myself that I've been working on a lot lately but like my ego I've been like okay, why is this making me feel the way it is negatively specifically and then why do I feel like because sometimes I'll be honest sometimes I see these things and I'm like great She just said 15 pirouettes in her living room. And I'm like, okay, well, that's enough to, for me today. Like, I don't know what to do from there. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of get angry almost. And it's not it's not their fault. But no. it is, it's like on, when you're on social media, you're saying the best thing after the best, best thing, thing after, after the, the best, best thing. thing. And so immediately I go back to 14-year-old, 13-year-old me, and I'm comparing myself. Comparing and, like and that's when I'm up. like, put the phone away for the day, you know? Yes. 
it's hard, but we have to. And like we have to also understand that we are just seeing the highlights of mm-hmm. people. Yes, we are not exactly. seeing the sacrifice and everything else that comes with it. And some people are naturally born and they can do that without even thinking. Mm-hmm. But some people have worked hard. And I wish we see also a little bit of that as well. Like they, they don't just show us like, okay, here it is me looking at this perfectly. Yes, Without exactly. showing that you already sacrificed 13 years of your life, breaking your leg, putting it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I wish I see mm-hmm. a little bit more of that. Like what does the recovery look like? What is, mm-hmm. like, what is your, I don't know, meal preps look like? What is all the extra time that you do in and out of the studio because like we do those things as well but when you just see the end product it's like oh my gosh and sometimes I forget that we can see both took so Mm -hmm. long for them to get to that point but you're right it would be like very refreshing to see you know also uh, now that we're talking about that what do you do after like let's say talk us about through your day Mm, like what do you eat what do you go through like where okay let's see so it's actually funny that you ask me about the eating thing because I have very kind of a ritualistic thing that I do mostly every, every, every day. day. Depends on if my dishes are not dirty yeah. and if I what I want to wash for the day. But um, so typically I'll wake up in the morning. Um, I feel pretty fortunate that we don't start till ten thirty. It gives me enough time in the morning to like wake Calm up, down. take my moment. You know, if I need to, you know, journal or whatever first thing in the morning I try to like do something for myself immediately rather than just get on my phone Mm -hmm. because I found that I have formed the habit of waking up and scrolling checking into Instagram Mm -hmm. totally so more recently and this has only been within like the last three weeks to a month I've been trying to wake up and like journal or just like take a moment and stretch first thing even if it's in my bed um, so I'll do that for about, you know, five to ten minutes. I get up, I do all the normal things, brush my teeth, wake up, rub my eyes, get all the crusties <laughs> out. Um, and then usually immediately after that, I just start prepping for my day. So shower or not, depends on the night before. And then food-wise, very ritualistically, I will usually do like two fried eggs in the morning just because I like the way it makes me feel. It's light, but it's also like protein right off mm-hmm. the bat. I always make myself a smoothie. I always have a big thing of coffee that I take to class. Um, and that's about it for very first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll do like oatmeal or something mm-hmm. like that if I want to change it up. But recently and pretty consistently for like the last nine months, it's been like two eggs two every eggs morning. And, very wow. simple. And I told my mom that recently and she's like, that's really funny because I literally used to do the exact same thing. And I was like, it's genetic. Like mother, like daughter. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but so that's usually that like funny. breakfast and, you know, by the time I make my food and I take my time getting ready for dance, I do the thing where I'm like, what leotard should I wear today? Because <laughs> I want to feel good for the day. I find that if I like have to rush in the morning and I don't feel put together by the time I leave. It doesn't go as well. It doesn't go as well during the day. And I know that might sound like, no, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, we're in front of a mirror all day mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother, th- yes. nother thing, but it makes me feel really good when at least, like, my hair is done, you know, I am wearing something that I feel comfortable in, whatever that may be for the day. That really helps me to get through. Just to put a little note. The day. That's kind of why we named this Beyond the Mirror. Mm-hmm. Because it literally, you stare at yourself 24-7. Yes. And it's kind of like the one of the only jobs where you look at yourself all the time. You know what? I don't know what that does to you psychologically. I would love someone to do you know, a study. Because it's it. definitely something that you're like, what? Mm-hmm. So, 
But anyways, let's keep going. So then okay. you get to the studio. So these days I've been trying to, I used to be really bad about this, um, but this year I've been trying to get to the studio anywhere from like an hour to 30 minutes early, just so I have time. Mm -hmm. I really like being one of the first people there just because it gives me time to do all my Whatever work, little warm-ups. Yeah, and like, you know, we all get to class and we all do our own thing, but for some reason there's still kind of this... I'm finding my confidence, and that's a whole another thing about dance. But with things like warm-ups and stuff like that, sometimes I feel good just having my headphones in, turning towards the wall, and knowing that I can just do all my weird, like, wiggly things without anybody else being there. So I usually get there about an hour to, you know, half hour early, warm-up. I do all my TheraBand exercises. Lately, I've been trying to do a headstand a day because hmm. I think it's kind of important to be upside down. That's for interesting. a little bit every day. Why? Uh, it gives to me a little get the bit, rush? <laughs> I guess, maybe. <laughs> I feel like it gives me a little bit of perspective, as cheesy as that sounds, like turning your world upside down for three minutes or two minutes a day. Not only that, but it also warms up my yeah, but upper I, I body. Like, I like the, how do you say, looking at the other way, like having another perspective, kind of like putting yourself in another shoes. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. And like... When I'm in the studio, it's the same thing, just flipped. But, like, sometimes, like, after class, I'll go for a walk. Or not after class, after rehearsal, I'll go for a walk and go headstand in the park. And then that's, like, my three minutes a day or whatever. Um, I got inspired to do this, actually, from Sofia. Oh. Sofia Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Sofia Maria, yeah. Yes. Uh, just because a few years ago, she taught me how to do headstands. And I've been on that journey ever since. But oh. So I'll do my weird little warm-ups like that. And then class stuff. We usually have like an hour and a half class, warm up, do all I can to get my toes warm, <laughs> my calves loose, um, half hour lunch. These days, I, I'm really bad about prepping lunch, but when I do, it's usually like I'll bring a super carb dense lunch, so like pasta or something like that, because mm. the way my body works, I need I need the carbs. Otherwise, I start to crash and my mood goes down no. with it during the day. So I find that if I eat carbs for lunch or at least for breakfast or lunch, somewhere in between, it makes the day go by so much better for me. That's so, very interesting. Yeah. For me, it's quite the opposite. I feel like the least I eat, the better I dance. Really? Mm -hmm. See, and it's not... I, I relate to that somewhat. Like, I won't have a ton of food, but I, I need that Something, just for my yeah. energy because... I feel like I've always kind of had weird blood sugar things where oh. if my blood sugar goes down, goes down you I go just, down, yeah. yeah, and I start to get really shaky and fatigued, and then it's just bad news for everybody. So I can't, yeah. I can't risk that anymore. So it's either that or like I'll do like my hummus, my pita chips, carrots, fruits, just light things that make me feel yeah, good the, during little the day. little things, snacky things. And I think people don't realize that like when you're, f I mean, they probably. Uh, know this but they probably don't think of it but when you're dancing like you can't really eat a massive meal no, in the middle no. of the day otherwise you're like you know yeah, you're like, gonna bomb it right there yeah you don't want to do that for your partners for the people in the studio <laughs> no. so it's it took me a while to find the balance between like feeding myself enough to get through the day and then not overeating yep <laughs> just because then you can't dance or you don't feel good dancing you know so then after lunch, we do like our, you know, hours rehearsal, of rehearsal, yeah. usually get done around four. 
Um, after this week, I'll have to stay after to teach, so my schedule will probably look a little Change different. A little but recently, I've just been leaving the studio. I walk home. Um, I do like my my chores that I need to, or whatever you know, little house things. And then I try to um, do an ice bucket for my feet at least every day. That's very good. Mm-hmm. I've been trying that lately, and it's, mm-hmm. it's been changing my life. It's incredible, and I wish it sounds stupid because it it's like. I knew that doing these things for my body would help, Work. Mm-hmm. but in the past, I was it's like getting over the pain of having to ice your feet every day. But now that I'm doing it consistently, it's you, like nothing. It's easy, yeah. But the, it makes such an incredible difference. I'm like, my feet can fit in my point shoes the next day. You know? Yes. This is so. also for younger dancers, and I feel like I was that. Because when you're young, your body recovers easily. So quickly. And everything, and like... And it's the opposite. The more you do younger, the longer you're going to last. So you don't have to end your career suddenly because you cannot recover from this injury. So, like, please, like, do the things that your PT tells you. Do the things that you have to do. Eyes, recovery, do exercises. I know sometimes it's annoying and you are like, I don't need them. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But then when you get older and when you start having recurrent injuries, you are like... I oh. wish I had done it earlier. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Like, and like, people tell us before, but you don't listen, so please listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would have teachers, I would have teachers um, who tell us all the time, you know, go home, even if you're stretching after class for like, you know, 10 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. even if it's that much, that little, when you're younger, that's enough because the recovery time for your body is much, much smaller and you can just bounce back. But I feel like if I would have listened and started doing those things more consistently when I was younger, I would be in a better habit forming. I don't know. I would just be better at forming those habits now and being able to, like, work with my body a little more. But it's been that I'm now discovering the things that I need to do for my body. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. It's different for everybody. It's different. It's self-discovery. It is, yeah. And it's like... Well, of course you self-discover as you get older. But, like, it's different, you know, just growing older and then being a dancer and athlete mm-hmm. and having to be so in tune with your physical body and your physical self. Like, of course I knew that those things were related when I was younger, but I was like, ah, oh, you know, uh, fine. I'll be in class tomorrow. It'll be fine. I'll yeah. be stretching then or whatever. So Yes, I'll do it then. Yeah, yeah. totally. I totally yeah. relate to that because it happens to me all the time. And yeah, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, when you get older, you should like identify yourself better. But sometimes Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. Sometimes you have to find yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't search for that, it's not going to come to you. It's kind of like when you have dreams and you are like, oh, I want to be a billionaire. Let's put an example. But you sit down every single day and you don't put one step a day. You're Mm -hmm. never going to be a billionaire. It's not going to come to you. Exactly. So the same thing goes to finding yourself. You have to put a little bit of like, why am I doing this? why this helps, why this doesn't. So then you actually evaluate and you can grow. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's well, within you. And that's the thing too is like, once again, I feel like I knew those things, but it, I, I feel like when you're younger, it's hard to see that you will get older and that the years will pass and you will, you know, eventually get to a place where you do need to have these habits so that you can continue with this career if it's something that you're really serious about. But I just, I never was like that. And so now I really am very much so discovering myself Mm -hmm. and like 
what works for my body and whatnot. And let me tell you, it is not linear. It is all over the place. Like one week I'll be super on top of all of my stuff and all of my recovery and rolling out every night, stretching, doing this, that, and the other that I know is good for me and will prepare my body for the day or the next day or whatever. And then the next week comes around and I'm exhausted. And so it just, it changes. And don't feel bad about it changing if it does. Mm Because it's just nothing in life is that consistent. Nothing is consistent. I like that. Mm -hmm. Give me one second. We'll have to fix the cameras. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to go back to the, how do you identify more with Ballet, contemporary, modern, tap, jazz. What what does you identify the best with? Mm. See, that's interesting as well. I feel like a... Well, actually, I don't know. I don't want to project this on anybody. But some people, I feel like, really identify with one form of dance. Mm-hmm. Some days, I am so bunhead. Some days, I am like, I'm here for class. I feel like ballerina today. I am excited to be, you know, able to embody this thing that is a ballerina. And other days, I totally reject that. And I'm like, I don't want to put tights on. I don't want to put a leotard on. I would so much rather just take this entire ballet class in socks, you know, and like do those things. Um, But... I, I don't know. I feel like it depends on the day. When I was first like first discovering contemporary, I felt this is so cheesy. But yeah. truly, when you fall in love with someone for the first time, you know how you you have your honeymoon phase? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like everything. That's yeah. how it was with me in contemporary. I fell in love with this new form of dance because I had never been introduced to it before. And it like overtook my brain for, I want to say like a good portion of... I don't know, my my junior high to high school life. Like, I was very much focused on ballet, but that's because I had always been. Whereas because I had this new thing introduced to me, that kind of overtook my brain in the best way possible. It's what's led me to be the dancer I am now. But I don't know that I really identify with any... With any of them. Yeah, because I, I want to be good at it all. Like, and... I love tap dancing, and I think that's something that like oh, that's very not a I lot of know. people know that. No. But when I was younger, I was not to brag, but I think <laughs> I, I was a fairly good tap dancer, and was always put with like, like I remember, I think I was maybe twelve or thirteen, and I was in. The, I got moved up to the tap class with the seventeen, eighteen, sixteen oh, year olds. Wow. Because they were like, well, she's, you know, she she's, got it. she's not doing step taps anymore. Like, you know, and so that's another, you know, little I thing. Had no I, idea. I, love I have no idea. I have never seen you talking about tap dancing. I love tap. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's just so fun. It's like a. It's a very interesting uh, art form. I love it. It, it. Is, I, think, yeah. I, I love to see it, but I love when people are so connected to the song mm-hmm. and they read them that you are like how is that possible this person is hearing all these steps in the same rhythm mm-hmm. <sighs> and you the the fact that you bring that up is actually really significant because I I think to answer your question I identify more with music okay. than I do with dance as as a whole and I feel like it took me a long time to realize that about myself but I think a lot of the reason why I dance is of course the feeling of movement and like intrinsically I've always just felt like expressing myself by moving my body 
But I feel like a lot of it has been inspired by music. And, like, I just a lot of the reason that I get through the day is the music we get to dance to. Yes. And, like, that plus what I mentioned at the very beginning is the community aspect. Mm -hmm. I love being on stage with people, and I love being on stage for people as well. And, like, the transfer of energy is so necessary for me to be able to do what I do. That's why COVID was so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not to bring it up, but that's why it was so hard for me as I really struggled with motiv motivation to, like, train alone at yeah. home when everything you is don't uncertain. Get that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like, for example, people who run and mm -hmm. they go do marathons or, like, they cyclists. You know how if they go in the full with all the group mm -hmm. you can do probably like a hundred so miles but when they run by themselves yes they get faster but they get tired later mm -hmm. eventually the whole group is gonna catch up yeah yep right? and it's, it's like, like that energy it is it really it's crazy how much it pushes me through and i feel like i'm kind of drifting off here but like something else that i really love about just taking a class every day is and I you probably know this taking class with me by now but I'm very vocal mm -hmm. like I snap for people yeah. I say things I'm very much like if someone does something and I'm like that was beautiful like I go and I tell them or I say something to them and I feel like I do that for them but also myself because it it like makes me it helps you it helps me get through but also it inspires me in the mm -hmm. moment and then I'm like great this next pass through on this turn combination, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to apply what I just saw them do. And like, that's the cool part about just like being in person and dancing with other people is I, like that. I get to like actively see those things happen. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like people are, there's obviously classroom etiquette when you're mm -hmm. younger and as you get older, depending on the company and Depen things like that, yeah. there's different environmental factors. Depending on a lot of on things. On the company. Depending on the dancers you're with, depending mm -hmm. on things. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm more, more internal when I'm doing ballet class. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I see everybody, but I'm like in my little bubble in me. Because mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of like the time I get to actually think of everything. Because in the rehearsals, I'm like, okay, I'm okay. But in the class, I'm more like... See, I feel like it's almost the opposite uh -huh. for me. Class time is like, like at bar, bar is different for me. I'll uh. usually like be pretty focused on me, myself and I, because you're kind of isolated at the yes. bar. But as soon as we get into center is what I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it just gives me so much energy. I feel like that's why I'm so giggly sometimes in classes too, is because I'm just like, just like trying to get all this no, energy out of my system. But in rehearsals, that's when I'm like, okay, what's the choreography? What are the counts? What are the things we talked about yesterday? You know? Yeah. So it's a bit opposite for me there, but. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I think it's just by the time we have rehearsal, I learn so fast mm -hmm. that I have time to spare. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's when I'm like, oh, going See, all over. And I'm the opposite. Uh -huh. It takes me. I, I wouldn't say I do. I have become a bit quicker of a learner um, more recently in the, in the more recent years because I've had to. You have to. And you, you mm -hmm. know, you develop those skills yes. as, as you get older and you dance more in a professional setting. But I still like very much so am one of those people that I have to review something mm -hmm. almost unless it's like you know two weeks before the show by then if I don't know my choreography like, so something is wrong <laughs> something is wrong but like in the beginning stages of like putting a ballet together like that first month month and a half or so you know maybe first five weeks I'm 
really just dedicated to like knowing what I'm doing so that I'm able to be a good, you know, a good basically team player for those around me and for myself. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. I wanted to go into something uh, money. Because I feel like dancers sometimes don't talk about so much about money. Yeah. And like we kind of did a little bit when, like, when you said that you were younger. But it's like, how does it feel sometimes to be a ballerina and feel like you cannot cover your minimum expenses? Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's the reality of a lot of dancers. Yes, it is. It's honestly um, kind of scary sometimes. I feel very lucky that I have um, family that they don't support me financially but they have always been there for me and they're mm-hmm. like this is your dream you know if anything does go wrong where you need help you know we're here to help you um, and that's something that I don't take lightly at all because I'm very much so I wish I could ask for help more often but I'm kind of bad at it yeah. um, but It is very stressful, I will say, Um, especially, you know, having to think about where your food's going to come from and like uh, point shoes expenses and just general dance expenses and like rent and all of these different things. Um, For me, it's very meticulous. I definitely I should be better at budgeting, but. I am gradually getting better because I have to be. You have to be. Because mm-hmm. as a dancer, I mean, as you know, you don't make very much money yeah, at all, yeah. which is why you have to be passionate about it, I feel, in order to get through. Um, and I saw something really good the other day. It was like, if we depend on how we're feeling in the moment, we won't get to where we want to be. Oh, so it's bad. like pushing through those days when you're like... I just, I can't, I I don't want to go to class, I'm Mm -hmm. exhausted, I feel burnt out, you know, why am I even doing this, the money's not worth it, you know, it's, you have to separate yourself from your wants and your needs to, like you said, if you need, if you want to get somewhere, you have to do things consistently, Mm -hmm. so when it comes to money, it really is about, are you willing to sacrifice that, is that something that's genuinely... It's part of you. Yeah, exactly, and for me it is, like, and... I don't know. When I was younger, when I first got hired with uh-huh. um, BFAN, I was a little naive. I didn't realize how expensive living was. Living by yourself. Exactly. Like having, mm-hmm. And keep in mind, I was like a baby, yes. 18, literally had graduated high school three months prior and then moved to a city that I had Never only been. visited to once, and mm-hmm. it was to look at housing. And so I feel like I was pretty naive in the beginning. Um and as an apprentice, I, I wasn't making anything. And that's pretty normal, it's, you know, going yeah. to a company in your, especially if you're younger too, making little to no money is very normal. So when I was 18, 19, I had a separate job. I was a server as well. And oh boy. That is another life. It is so difficult. And like, I will say, pat on the back for myself. I'm really proud of myself totally. for getting through that because... When I the first year that I danced here, I was working seventy three hours a week. It's insane. With dance plus serving, and barely making enough to to survive. I, I made enough to pay rent, but then I was like, "What am I gonna eat?" Oh yeah, <laughs> like, you know. And so it's of course it's gotten better since then, but um, yeah, it was definitely uh, eye opening. Yeah, 
And like, I'll, I will be transparent. Like, for example, I'm I'm on food stamps. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I use the government assistance for my benefit, and thank God that I do because if not, you wouldn't be able not, to. I wouldn't be able to afford the like the good food that I'm eating. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you need that I because need. to be able to be an athlete, to be able to have perform and do it at the level that you do, mm-hmm. you need to eat good. It's not like you can just be having mac and cheese, or ramen every day. No, or, like, yeah, yep. You can make those sacrifices, but later on, you're going to have way too many health issues. You're going to feel it, yeah. And then it's going to be worse, and you have to end your career even faster. Yep, exactly. And that's why, like, I wish I would have gotten on that more quickly because I feel like it would have been beneficial. But I was young. They don't teach you those things in school. (laughs) Like, you know. Thank God, younger, you can kind of, like, go with it a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, you can. Well, that's what I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. when you're younger, you're way more, you just bounce back way quicker with everything in life. And so, but now I'm like, no, I need all of these things in Mm -hmm. order to, like, not only sustain my body, but my mental health. Like, if I don't eat enough every day, I will start to crash. Yeah, everybody was going to have yeah. some bigger problems. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah money is definitely I wish a thing. we could find, like, a way to bring more money into this art. Mm-hmm. You know? Because mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like it's not that I'm comparing ourselves to, like, runners or football players and all these things. But sometimes it's like we put the same dedication as they do. And like I just wish I'm not asking to be paid a million dollars. I'm just asking for everyone a living wage. Yeah, to be, <laughs> be, be able to live. That you don't have to make three jobs to be able to go to dance. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it's so unfair that these people are sacrificing so much, and they have to end their dreams because they don't they cannot support themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, like they exactly. cannot eat. Yes, I get kind of fired up about this as well because I'm like you're you're more of a sports person than I am and like I definitely see the value in all of these things yeah, of course it, yeah. whatever they deserve path, the money of course whatever path you want or you're on for life is what the path you're on and if mm-hmm. you are fortunate enough to get hired by a professional you know NFL league or yeah. whatever or something like that that's insane, insane. good for you, you props know? to you yeah props to you but at the same time little old me is like okay so we are not only an art form, but I would love us to be recognized as athletes at this point in time. Because that's who we are, you know? Like, we're athletes. We just have to put a smile on athletes our face that make and art. make it look effortless, which mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, even more difficult. Um, yeah, because, for example, let's say if I'm going to run 100 miles, that's very hard, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is. I can make whatever face I want. <laughs> Like, exactly. I can just go and like yes. go and do and run, you know? Like, I can make it. Yes. But if you were a, a professional dancer, professional ballet, ballet dancer of any art form, mm-hmm. you have to pretend that it's nothing, mm-hmm. that you can do that in your sleep, and you are so gracious, and you're... Yes, exactly. You know? so, exactly. And it kind of reminds me, it's like, it's like that for dancers, and then I feel like for, like... Uh, aerial artists or like people in the circus or Mm -hmm. like in that realm of artistic athleticism crossover they you know similar thing for them like you you have to be like iron man strong in order to do some of those things and still look graceful and Mm -hmm. beautiful and 
I don't know. That's why taking it back to social media. That's why when I see some of these on so, some of these things on social media, I have to remind myself they have worked so hard to be able to be in the point. to be able to look like that. You mm-hmm. know, and so it's this full circle thing that we go through. Yes, I mean that's the other thing. I feel like social media is, for example, one of the revenues that we as artists, as a dancers, could take to make the money we don't make mm-hmm. in the regular job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. That also requires a lot more work than people realize. It's not just being yourself and taking a picture. And some of us don't want to be social media and influencers. People don't want to be. That's another I point. Don't, yeah, you like know, that's like, not what you dream of. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, and for me, like, social media sucks the energy out of me and out of everybody I know. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how it is. You know, yeah. we're all, you know, living the same <laughs> reality in that sense. But that's why. I dance is for the energy is so it's like that give and take you're right we can you know make a platform for ourselves and put ourselves out there and things like that but, but it doesn't mean you want it to exactly i agree no that that's a good perspective mm-hmm. and of, it's yeah. like relating to like auditions and things like that like i understand that if you're putting yourself on the internet you know anyone is there to see it but part of me is like frustrated by the fact that like You know, if a company were to find my social media and look at my social media after I audition for them, or some people, you even have to put your social medias on your on resume. your resume. You mm-hmm. have to like it's part of the teens. I hate that because I'm like, I I want to be organized enough to separate my professional life, life and my personal life. Mm-hmm. And I've tried that. I made a dance account. I did all that, you know, a while ago, and I just find that I don't use it. Because I, it's just, it is a lot of effort. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to be myself, myself and, you know, put my genuine self out there as not only a dancer, but just a normal person too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people or like companies or, you know, people higher up, if they see an Instagram that's not dedication, 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 or just, you know... I feel like it's not even that. Your highlights if, if, or whatever. If they don't see that you have enough followers, they are not going to hire you. Exactly. I, and I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, like, that's where we're at, you know? And, like, I don't know how... I haven't really looked into how prevalent that is in, like, professional dance companies, but for other things, like getting hired for commercials, or if you're a Broadway person, or if, if you're you don't a have enough followers, person, yeah. forget about it. Exactly. It doesn't matter how talented you are. No, exactly. And that's what drives me crazy, is I'm like, I am like an old lady when it comes to technology. I am not very <laughs> tech savvy. Like, I'm just here for a good time, not a long time. Like, I'm just trying to use my social media to connect with my friends and like, mm-hmm. you know, my my close-ish circle of people in my life that I'm like, hey, look what I'm doing. But yeah. I hate that now I have to think about like, you know... Do I want to promote myself? Yeah, Should I do this? Yeah. Should I do that? Totally. Mm-hmm. It is so unfair. And it's, it's so interesting because for part of me, it's like, yeah, you should have kind of like a little portfolio and your Instagram would be the perfect way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like having your own website because that's the way for people to be able to hire you, maybe find you and do these things. But the problem becomes when it's not about your art and what you do, it's because of, it, it becomes about how many followers, how many likes you get, how many people actually mm-hmm. are interacting with you. And like we've talked about this a little bit before, sometimes that depends on 
the song you use in a mm-hmm. reel. It doesn't even matter like about the actual content you're putting out. How the content out. is. And that's where it gets me a little bit is I'm like, how do I beat the algorithm, you know, yeah. as an artist? Like, I don't know, this is kind of sidetracking, but have you seen on Instagram there's like this new reel where it's like, I'm so glad that I'm an artist and I get to stand in front of the camera and slowly turn my painting around on this reel to show people. It's a very good example of what we're talking about where Mm -hmm. it's like you can't just post the art anymore. You have to post a face with the art. You have to make a whole, you know, a reel at this point because that's what's popular right now. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just a joke about that, how as artists we can't just post the art anymore. We have to post ourselves. Like, I don't know, the physical manifestation of what it is. Yeah. It is very confusing, to be honest, all of these things. I'm like, I'm an old lady. I don't know. I don't... Tech savvy. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what I wanted to do. This new section in this new type of style, because I wanted to spotlight the artists for who they are. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to show them. Like I wanted to have a real conversation with you and with the artist that's gonna be next. You know, not just being like, gotta say, uh, controlled by it. This is what we want to mm-hmm. see. No, this is what we want to see. Like I want to see you. I want to talk to you. I want to show how good you are. And like what you represent and how good this goes to the world. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that, but I'm sure other people seeing this or hearing this will probably be like, "Oh, there's someone like me out there." Mm-hmm. You know that that woo, light bulb moment where it's like, "I'm not alone." You know, yeah, that's like, I don't need to be those the are most the things famous that influencer. I search for as an artist as well. Is like not the people that look perfect, yeah. you know, but the people that are very like forthcoming and real about who they are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, and like. I don't think it's anything bad with using the social media and getting followers or whatever. It's great if you have it. Just oh yeah, it's perfect. If you can do it, do it. Yeah. But I use it to help, not to make people like feel bad worse. Or, yeah. yeah. Yes, and I feel like that's just a natural human thing. Is yes. the comparison aspect? It's gonna happen. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. I wanted to touch one more thing about is you are an open about your sexuality mm-hmm. you have always been since i know you yes from yeah. the beginning i wanted to know how that's affected you as a ballerina as an artist mm-hmm. like that's have come with things about like how can i say this meeting having trouble with connecting with other people mm-hmm. or like with directors or with people that being like oh i don't want her because she's gonna be into me or something mm-hmm. like that that's have problems with dying too i want to know more about it Yes. Oh, so I, so I actually didn't formally, I don't know. I've actually been questioning recently, like how I identify and things like that. But for now, I'm going to say just generally, I'm a queer dancer. I most, mostly identify as like bisexual or pansexual. So into all of the above. Um, but that being said, it has been, it's something that crosses my mind all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't come out to my family or anybody in my life until my senior year of high school, actually. It was literally Pretty, like yeah. two weeks before I, or before my last Left. day of senior. Yep. I was like, all right, now's the time. You know, my best friend like helped me with all of that and stuff. But um, in the dance world, it was definitely something that. I was very anxious about initially, and 
I feel that I've become comfortable here and with this company now in a good way. Like, I feel, you know, very accepted and all of those things here. But I will say, like, initially when I first came, the first question that everybody always asks is, do you, have, you have a boyfriend? A boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... That's totally fine because, you know, not to get too into it, but that's how the patriarchy works. Yeah, that's that's how how society society has been for millions of years. Exactly. And so, and, you know, of course, like, that's not something I will ever get offended by. But as someone who was newly out at the time when I first joined the company and things like that, it was definitely like one of those things. And I can't pinpoint any one situation, really. But it was definitely one of those things where I was like, oh, turn bright red for a moment. And I'm like, ah, I wish I didn't have to explain myself, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know people are always curious and they're like, you know, this, that, and the other, but what does it mean? And all of these things. And I was just like, at that point in my life, I was very much so like still processing and like coming to terms with myself on Mm -hmm. things like that. So when people would approach me with things like that, it was immediate like bright red. Now I feel a bit more comfortable, you know, expressing those things because that's it's just who I who am. Who you are. Yeah. Um, in terms of relating to dance, it's difficult to say because, as you know, there's a lot of gay male dancers mm-hmm. in ballet, almost to the point where, like, outsiders almost assume that every male every dancer male is gay. gay. Mm-hmm. And that's something that also rubs me the wrong way is that... There is the rep- the representation there, but not necessarily in the way that it should be represented, mm-hmm. you know? And then there is little to no representation for queer women in yes. dance. Yes, I was going to say that. Or just non-binary people in dance. There is mm-hmm. very little rep- representation. And so that's something that I am still... I don't know. It's very new to me still. I'm still trying to process and like find my way through the dance world because some people are like you know like you should be super proud about this and like be super loud and out and you know proud about who you are and what you do but it's kind of hard in the dance world because and it's nobody's fault but lots of if not all ballets are male and woman yeah pretty much it's like your classic man falls in love with the woman or the woman Mm -hmm. falls in love with the man or whatever which is great and fine and part of me relates to that but the other part of me has always longed for like a storyline where it's you relate to the love but you don't relate to the people who are representing the love exactly and like i i guess it's just more of like I've seen that. Millions all, of times. We've all seen This that is the stories story. we've seen, yeah. Yeah, we've all seen that story a million times. But for me, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, like, see something else now and maybe be a part of something else now that actually represents who I am. Um, a side tangent to all of this, when I was... 18, 17, 18, and like coming to terms with all of this. I danced mm-hmm. at Ballet Idaho with the academy there. And um, my best friend, Antonio, we still talk all of the time. He, or they go by Tony now. Recently just came out as they, them. Um, but <laughs> Tony and I, growing up, we, we grew up together. We danced mm-hmm. together for like forever. forever, you know, one of my best friends. Um, but it used to be a thing where. <laughs> I would come to them for everything. And Tony was like my rock and my person. And so when I started questioning my sexuality, especially in the dance world, I was like, 
okay, I think this is someone that I can, like, talk to and trust about this. Because it's, it's just like, you know, growing up, you're already so uncomfortable with who you are and you're going through all of these yes. things. And so as a young queer Adding person... something else. Yeah, I know. I'm like... I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> like, nobody is going to assume that I am queer. And that was the other thing is, like, having your separate life at high school during the day was so bizarre for me because the way that people perceived me was very much this, like, the ballerina. Prim, proper, you know, doesn't cuss, doesn't make any mistakes, has good grades, <laughs> you know, all of these things. And so it was difficult for me to get past that because I was like well these this is what people are projecting onto me so that's who I should be mm-hmm. you make so, a wrong idea of who you are exactly and it was very confusing it was very confusing and so when I finally had these thoughts I was like okay Tony is someone I trust Tony is someone I can talk to and um, I came out to them they, I think they were probably the first or second person I ever came out to oh. and it became a thing where every day after class we would walk to our cars out in the parking lot across the street from the studio and we would spend like 30 minutes just talking about things and just you know dissecting the things from the day whether it had to do with just life or our sexuality or whatever um but when I finally came out to them they kind of had a little bit of a breakdown themselves it's, <laughs> it's a joke now but at the time it was a whole big thing um But they were like, Genevieve, you are making me question myself. You're making me question. It's your fault. Like, you're the one who's making me question these things. Mm -hmm. And, like, almost became angry with me for finally identifying with my true self. Letting themselves be themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And so when that happened, it's funny now, but at the time I was like, oh, no. Like, because it was one of those things, like, I felt, I think I felt comfortable with them because I knew, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think they felt comfortable with me because they knew, and it was just one of those things, they weren't ready yet, and I was, and so me coming to terms with that almost triggered something in them, and it was just, it was just a funny little, you know, it's funny now, but in the moment, it, it was like, oh my gosh, Tony was like, I don't know who I am anymore. What's going on? Like, Genevieve, it's all your fault. And, you know, now we're besties and we have this really um, incredible... Yeah, exactly. We have this, like, very unique bond, especially both as dancers. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's a dancer of color. He's a person of color, you know. And so am I, I, like... in, especially in Idaho, like, and I'm not even, I'm not even that brown. <laughs> like, I'm half Mexican, you know. But it's really sad that the representation for darker people is so little that I was considered mm-hmm. different, you yes. know. And that's something I had to come to terms with. So we related on that, but also just like this funny little queer journey together. So it's good to have a friend like that growing good. up. It's always good to have the people that support you exactly because without them no what, yeah everybody can go in such a dark route because mm-hmm. it's so easily because society is so mean mm-hmm. like everything that happens and everything they told you is how it's supposed to be and mm-hmm. and that's not true exactly you know so like that person that is there for you please like take care of them because they are going to be with you no matter what and for a long long 
time. And we still, we talk to each other all the time about situations and mm-hmm. just things we experience and in and out of the studio. But like, of course, it's very relatable to both be dancers. Totally. I will say relating to all of that, like I said in the beginning, I am pretty comfortable here and in the best way possible. Like I feel very accepted and you know, it's not a it's not a whole thing here. Mm-hmm. I have definitely thought about and do think about what it would be like to go somewhere else and how I would go about telling people because that's the thing. It's like, like I don't have to tell people, but it'll come up one Eventually. way or another. And part of me is like, I just don't want to ever have to go through Deal that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm kind of just like. I don't know. It's it's annoying having to constantly come out, but also it's one of those things where I think if I were to go anywhere else, I would definitely have to evaluate the situation, the company, the people, the directors. How is that affecting? Not only for, you know, it's less of, I mean, safety is a whole thing. It's less about safety for me, but just more about how I'm being perceived. Mm-hmm. I hate the thought of being perceived a certain way or like just like... putting you in a box without mm-hmm. even even knowing you who you are. Exactly. And I think hopefully this will change eventually in the recent years when all kind of like, how do you say, when the, the latter moves, like the people who are right now dancers become directors and mm-hmm. teachers, maybe that was going to change that. Mm-hmm. But who knows, you know, exactly. like I just I hate that it's a thing that people have to think of all about mm-hmm. when it shouldn't you know it should be like are you a great dancer are you a fit for my company come in yeah exactly you know? exactly like because yeah. everybody's not a fit for every company regardless of whatever but no it's annoying that it has to be like that the other thing that i wanted to say that it goes back to the other thing i feel like right now also you could have the opportunity to also bring the new piece of ballet bring that new piece of art representing mm-hmm. how you feel or representing what you think love is mm-hmm. I agree with that too I think about that quite a bit I just don't know how to like bring that to fruition like bring it forth into my life I think eventually Tinky. I think eventually like I don't know I've always had ideas and stuff something will come about whether it be like choreography or a piece or like I don't know, joining a company that's does more work like that or just creating my own thing that creates more work like that. But I've definitely considered that. And something will probably come, yeah. up, come out of that. I'm, I would love that to be the case. Totally. I'm pretty sure that everybody who's listening will want to see that as well. Mm-hmm. You know? I would love to. And this is, if you don't mind me adding, no. this is... Um, something else I've been thinking about a little bit lately and I think I've mentioned this to you before um, recently I've been thinking about uh, visually the type of dancers that companies hire and why mm-hmm. that is and as you know there's the whole thing where it's like unfortunately a lot of people are hired because of their size mm-hmm. because of the way they look because of things they cannot control Um, And that's a discussion for another day. But relating to that, I am a tattoo fanatic. (laughs) And I just thought I would mention this because nobody's really talked about this before. I've never heard anybody talk about this before in the ballet world. In the ballet world, yeah. Um, Even though a lot of dancers are tattooed. 
Yes, a, a lot, lot are. But, and I feel like I haven't seen that representation as much as I would like to. In the representation I have seen, it's been more men that mm-hmm. have been you, tattooed. Usually it's more men than women, mm-hmm. I agree. And I think it's because obviously there are less men, dan- like, or less male dancers. And so, you know. There is a point, I will say, if you are incredible, you're incredible. You're going to get hired, you know, no yes. matter what. But there's recently been, you know, these thoughts that have been going through my mind where I'm like, why can I not, you know... Have a full sleeve. Well, why can't I put art on my body and also create art with my body, mm-hmm. I guess, is my thing. Like, I... Ugh, I don't know. I just think... I find beauty in so many different avenues. Like, I'm also a painter, too. I, th- I think some people kind of know that. I paint, I draw, I, mm-hmm. I I do music, too. Like, I sing sometimes. Not really well, but <laughs> I like to consider myself, like, just generally an artist. An artist. Rather than just a dancer, because mm-hmm. I feel like I've been pigeonholed into that my whole life. Even though it is currently the forefront of my life of right life. now. Mm-hmm. It's definitely just an aspect of who I am. A very big one but just an avenue um but recently we talked about this i was like i really want to get a full back piece (laughs) and i know that it's not realistic and it's definitely not something that i will be doing anytime soon a because of money we talked about that one yes very expensive and b because i just it's not very realistic for me especially as a ballet dancer like i could see maybe if i as a modern more contemporary dancer that could have part of it but yeah yeah or even like a circus person or you know an aerial artist or whatever but i am ugh, i don't want to be the first person to try to break through that boundary but But i would love to see more representation that's that's good but at the same time it makes me just think about we have already seen Giselle, Swan Lake, everything the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there is always going to be one or two or three companies that are always going to do it like how it was meant to be, which is okay because they are trying to preserve that oh, style. Yeah. And that has, that should be preserved There's how... beauty in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, how, for example, like Opera is dying and all these things because nobody wants to do it. But so there is always going to be somebody to do it but I feel like right now we could also find beauty in having Giselle with a huge sleeve mm-hmm. or like having you know Odile with a huge wings tattooing her back mm-hmm. I would love to see it I would love to see like, it and like and it might not be uh, correct you know depending but why not like mm-hmm. you're always going to have somebody that is going to do it the way you want to see it mm-hmm. why we don't have somebody that is going to do it the way I want to see it well exactly that's the thing is I feel like there's so much repetition in the dance world it's like being able to find a way to separate yourself should be more sought after and I think it is in, in certain so, yeah. tenses but like being looking different is something that is very controversial I feel yes. in the dance world and is something that I think about constantly. And there's also, like, the reason I keep my hair long and things like that. Is that's, and that relates back to, like, queer identity as a dancer. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, if I could, and I could, like, I know that it's my life, I can do whatever I want, but I don't feel that it would be appropriate mm-hmm. to, like chop my hair off, cut my hair really short because of the, the f- field I'm in, you know? Yeah. And that might just be me and my perceptions. And I think it's what society has made you think of it. Exactly. Because I feel yes. like, for example, where we are, I feel like you could totally do it. Mm-hmm. 
because there is wigs, mm -hmm. there is other forms. And I feel like that's the thing that we also are forgetting, that there is so much other things that you can do to make me fulfill the role, how an actor will do. Because, for example, let's say I'm going to play, I don't know, the Joker. Mm -hmm. I will have to put up makeup and I will have to... Change have, your hair, yeah. do a wig, do a different and costume. That doesn't yeah. mean that I'm not representing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing the character that I need to represent for this part of the moment. Exactly. I will jump into something else later. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think, and I know, like, that's the thing, is like, realistically, I know that I could do these things. Because free will, you mm -hmm. know, or whatever. But also, like, here, it's very, like do what you need to do to be happy, you know, in this company specifically. I feel like it's pretty lenient when it comes to things like that. Um, but I, it's just the general fear of, like, not being able to get hired in the future mm -hmm. or, you know, you're, like, what you said earlier, being put in a box. And being I'm put like, in a box because, yeah. I'm trying to break out of the box. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to do the opposite, you know, so... And, no, and not for any particular reason, but just because that's genuinely who I am and who I would like to see myself as rather than how they see me, I guess. I totally understand someone having a vision and, like, there's always a time and a place for things. For things, and I, yeah. I definitely respect that and I, I see it. It's part of the art. It. Of course, yeah. And that's, you know, a part of being a dancer is knowing that you're going in to perform someone else's vision and make mm -hmm. it come to light, you know, which is part of our job. So, yeah. To finish, what do you feel like you would like to do to, with yourself later? I don't mm. know if I said that right. You know, like, would you want to be a director? Would you want to be a choreographer? Would you want to just be a teacher? Like, how would you see yourself 15, 20 years from now? Yes. Um, so this has actually changed recently. I'm constantly thinking about the things I would like to do. Mm -hmm. um, I have a few different versions of myself that, okay. I, that I would like to eventually get to. I, right now, am most leaning towards continuing being um, like an artist of some sort. I mentioned like aerial arts and stuff like that quite a bit because that's something that I've been starting to get into quite oh. a bit. Um, and being able to take my... Because I don't think I want to stop moving is yes. the thing. And, like, don't get me wrong. I love teaching, but it's... I I don't know. I feel I, I am a good teacher and I bring value to a classroom, but I, I think I'll always be a performer. Like, I love performing for people and yeah. being able to create art and use my body for things. Like, it's one of my favorite things. But I think... Most recently, I want to get into anything from, like, aerial arts so that I could get hired with, like, a circus act or, like, oh. I don't know, or even, like, something along the lines of, like, Momix in Seattle where it's, like, contemporary ballet, modern, mixed with, like, so different aerial acts. Like a full... It's, okay. like, just movements in general, movement Kind of like a Cirque du Soleil type yeah, of style. Yeah, exactly, Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily want to... I don't know where that will take me, but I, like I said earlier with, like, the tap dancing and stuff like that, I kind of want to be good at everything. A little bit of everything. Yeah, because I find a lot of value in that, and also it helps me not to get bored yeah. with certain things. Like, Makes finding sense. new challenges and being able to use my body in different ways is really rewarding. Um, 
So I think that's that's an idea for now is I just want to continue moving. I don't know exactly where that will take me, whether it'll be like a dance company or something completely unrelated, but I know that I want to continue using my body for something. Um, later, later on in life, I don't know, maybe a scientist of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see where my college education gets me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Where are you studying? Um, Psychology. No. So yeah. right now I'm just doing my prerequisites. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just getting my like basic math, English, all those okay. classes out of the way. I actually don't know what I... But we were talking about psychology once, right? I was taking a psychology okay. class. Yeah. One of, as one of my prereqs. But I'm very interested in... I don't know. It changes all the it time. Changes. Yeah, I, that's fair. I've always been interested in like... Or I've always kind of pictured myself after I've danced. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of dancers we'll take do. this uh -huh. route, actually. But um, to, like, end up as, like, someone to work with, like, conserving forests. So just doing something outside mm -hmm. because I feel like We're as always a dancer, in. you're always inside. And once again, relating back to being in front of a mirror all day, <laughs> being somewhere where I literally don't have to care what I look like or, you know. Mm -hmm. Where you're aware of, of the surroundings but not yourself. Exactly. And I can take out or I can take in the outside beauty rather than having to be the thing projecting that. Mm -hmm. So I think... When my body is long gone and I've replaced my knees and all those <laughs> things, I would love to do something relating to just being outside. So that is exciting. Mm -hmm. I like it that you are didn't took like, oh, I'm gonna be a choreographer. I'm gonna be this, even though I believe that you could be a great choreographer. I used to want to be a choreographer really bad, and I do. I don't know, Gustavo. Don't get me thinking no, about no, no, that no. again. <laughs> it, it's, I, I feel, again, because don't how. How I think of people is not how they are, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I wanted to, again, do this podcast and mm -hmm. these things because I wanted to show who they really are and know what the thing, know what the people makes them believe they are, who mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. So, no, I like that, that you I, didn't say any of those things. Yeah, and it's definitely, like, something that's crossed my mind. When I was younger and when I was first really, like, like I said, when I was first introduced to contemporary, it really did take over my brain in the best way possible for a few years and, like was something that I was very focused on. Um, I feel like I was a little more spontaneous when I was a little younger and things would just come out a little more naturally mm -hmm. and I was able to just like, relating to choreography specifically, just like flow a bit and then come up with things bit by bit. I'm a little rusty now, but I would love to like, I think... You can combine That's them not the end goal, but mm -hmm. yes, exactly. I... Like I said, want to be able to do a whole bunch of different things, whether that is me being the person at the front of the room, directing people and creating art on other people or creating art on myself or being a part of a bigger project that someone else is creating. Like, mm -hmm. I want to do it all. Yeah, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, this makes me think how we talk about also at the same beginning of this thing that nothing is linear. Mm -hmm. I really like somebody says that we are the middle of a circle. So it doesn't matter which way you take, you're always going to end up reaching the end of the circle as long as, as you're taking the steps. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter the path. You are just learning little things that are going to make you better for what your end goal is. So when you reach this first, this first circle, you're going to have a bigger circle. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter which path you take. You are just gaining new research, how do you say, resourcefulness? Or like new skills. Re new and skills, stuff like exactly. That. You're getting yeah. new skills every single time that yes. is going to get you closer and closer to the big picture that mm -hmm. you're dreaming of. And that's kind of 
that's another thing that I used to be, I still am quite intimidated about because, you know, life is this whole big thing and yada, yada. But I feel like I kind of have a better grip on the fact that everything I do doesn't necessarily need to be working towards one specific goal, but it will aid me in the long run and whatever I end up doing because I will have a unique set of skills here and a Mm -hmm. unique set of skills here, you know? So even if I don't see the value in something right now, like... Everything I know for a fact that it'll come back and help me in some way, you know, in the future. Totally. Yeah. I totally agree with that. So Genevieve, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being the first guest. Yes, thank um, you for letting me ramble about this weird passion. No, <laughs> it's ours. great. And this is what we want to do, you know. And if you guys want to see more of her, like her actual dancing or her actual person, because we don't ha- we don't only have to do dancing, please check the next video. Or if you guys are listening, please check us on YouTube or Instagram or wherever we're going to put this. And then you can see her. So thank yes. you so much. Thank you for coming. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Mirror. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date on new episodes. Until next time.